KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. Hey, this is KYW's Dave Huram. I hope you and yours are well and staying safe. We're about a month and a half or so into life with no sporting events. And while public safety is the top priority, there's definitely been a void for a lot of people. But a couple of weeks ago, a highly anticipated 10-part sports docuseries that was supposed to premiere in June was moved up to April in light of the pandemic and no live sports. I'm sure you've heard of it because it's an absolute ratings monster. It's called The Last Dance. It airs Sundays on ESPN and ESPN2. It's about Michael Jordan and his final season in Chicago, as well as all the stories that surround that Bulls team and lead up to that season. It's very fascinating. It's provided a brief escape for people as they cope with the very serious and sad situation of COVID-19. The executive producer of The Last Dance is Mike Tolan, a Philadelphia native who's also produced countless movies and TV shows over the decades. If you're around my age, which is 31, you'll recognize some of the Nickelodeon programs that he's dealt with, such as All That and Keenan and Kel. Mike's also produced Arliss and Smallville and movies like Coach Carter, Varsity Blues, Wild Hogs, and Radio. And then he's done some other documentaries like Iverson and Hank Aaron. Mike was very gracious to take time out of his busy day to chat with me about The Last Dance and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Very pleased to chat with Mike Tolan, Philadelphia native and the executive producer of the extremely popular 10-part docuseries, The Last Dance, the documentary about Michael Jordan, the 1997-98 Chicago Bulls, and all the stories attached to it leading up to that season and during that season. It airs 9 to 11 Sunday nights on ESPN and ESPN2. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon. First question I have for you is, leading up to the premiere, I heard you say in one of your interviews that of your 40 years in this industry, you've never done anything that's more anticipated than this. And it's showing in the ratings. It's really popular. What's your thoughts on the type of reaction it's getting? Well, on something like this, where you're playing hurry up offense, and you're accelerating the post-production calendar by a lot, uh, and you're really under the gun, uh, you don't really have time to pick your head up. You're just, you know, digging in every day and juggling the plates and you're you're trying to lock picture on the later episodes and the earlier episodes you're doing sound mixes and you're doing color corrections and you're inserting graphics and and so forth. The director Jason Hare gets enormous credit for the Herculean task and uh being able to take material when the shutdown happened and have editors take hard drives home and edit from their yeah. homes. So essentially these last few episodes have been edited in six different locations, and then Jason had to cobble it together, and then you know all the partners were all weighing in, and we're all offering notes, and wow, it's, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's staggering to, to think. But um, we heard the clamor. We knew that the, the audience would be there um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, I think the magnitude of Michael, his scarcity over the last two decades, um, the, uh, the buzz about this unseen 500 hours of footage, um, this, the nostalgia about this great team, and then ultimately um, this pandemic um, is just so dispiriting for all of us, and it's created such hardship for, for, for everybody in different ways. And everybody's looking for a little escape, a little distraction, a little source of joy. Um, 
you know, this is this is fun stuff. This is inspiring on some level. Um, it's wistful. It's a way to bring families together. Uh, I love hearing from people. You know, I'm not a sports fan. I never watch basketball, but this is so interesting. The characters are so fascinating. I never knew any of this. Um, so, yeah, it's really unprecedented for me anyway. I mean, we've done a lot of shows for a lot of years. Some of them work better than others. Some of them are reviewed positively. Some of them are panned. But I've never had a show where people aren't responding and saying, hey, I like that show. People are saying thank you for bringing that show to me and my family. It's it's, it's incredible. It, it definitely has, has served a huge place in people's lives during this pandemic. Um, and as you mentioned, the distraction, it's given people as they deal with tragedies, uh, the, you know, something to, to go to and something to distract them, as you mentioned. Um, how does it feel that, that you're, documentary that your documentary that your team put together is providing that uh it feels great um it feels great i'm happy to say for uh, michael jordan himself who's seen all the episodes and is um very comfortable with the portrayals it feels great for bob Iger and jimmy pataro and connor shell and all the people at espn it feels great for gabe spitzer and his team at netflix um, it feels great to the NBA who had the foresight to shoot this material 22 years ago. Uh, and it feels great for Mandalay Sports Media, my partner, Peter Goober, who's one of the owners of the Warriors. Um, you know, success has many fathers, they say, right? Um, you, you know, it's, it's hard to remember everybody who's played a, a hand in this thing. It goes back for so long, and it was such a wide net. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we're, we're still working on it. <laughs> uh, we still have a lot of uh, a lot of work to get done to finish the last couple episodes uh, right before the final airing on May 17th. Um, so we're we're still, you know, we're still keeping focused. Um, and and you know, as I said before, being in this business and having hits and misses, you try not to get too high or too low. Um, you can you can appreciate the success. Um, uh, and go for the ride and allow yourself the smile and the satisfaction. But, um, you know, to a certain extent, it's on to the next. We're trying to keep our staff busy um, without being able to congregate in the office and without being able to actually get out and do production. Um, so we're developing new things, and we're finishing up some other things that we've had in the hopper for a while. And um, it's just it does, it does cast a nice sheen, and it does, it, it's nice to wake up in the morning and people are talking about it in a positive sense and, to get to, to have conversations like like this with people from Philadelphia, um, it's a nice feeling. And I'm, I'm curious, Mike, w- how it feels, you know, this is being treated almost as if it's a game because there haven't been any games. Talk shows are talking about the different controversies that they're reminded of. Writers are writing about it as if it were a game when they review it. Um, how much of a different experience is that for you to see the reaction and the way that people are treating it like it's like, it, and it is actual sports content? Totally different. Um, as you said, on Sunday, April 19th, the day of the first airing, um, it was like a Super Bowl. I mean, there was like six hours of the last dance coverage. Um, you know, ESPN had experts coming and going. They're showing clips. Um, they're still showing it. You know, I have a, 20-year-old son with me and the quarantine and, you know, we're keeping ourselves busy and we're watching old movies and we're playing Stratomatic. I got the 64 Phillies against the 2008 Phillies. I play 64, he plays 2008. We're having a lot of fun with that. You know, but last night we're watching 
um, you know, old playoff games, you know, this sort of low-def footage on, on SVP on SportsCenter at night. And I, and I wake up in the morning and, I, and I'll tune in news radio or sports radio and invariably they're commenting on the last dance on, you know, what Isaiah Thomas said or, you know, the upcoming episodes five and six this Sunday feature Kobe Bryant and, and, and how was that for the producers to treat that footage after Kobe's mm-hmm. tragic death. Um, so it is rather immersive. Um, and you're, you're sort of walking around in this like dreamscape, you know, could this really be happening over, you know, just a documentary film? What was it like working with Michael Jordan? Well, Jason Hare, the director, did the interviews. Uh, I sat nearby. Um, you know, I've been on this thing from the inception. You know, I I was able to, to meet with Michael, you know, kind of peek behind the curtain and get him to shake my hand and say, let's do this in 2016. So now fast forward, you know, three years later, now it's four and a half years later, um, to sit there and see it come to fruition. You don't really believe it. You don't really know it's a go, that it's actually going to happen for sure until you ask a question and Michael digs in and answers um, thoughtfully, reflectively. Jason had a clipboard with endless questions and he had a game plan. You got to come prepared if you're going to play with Michael Jordan. So, we had a uh, we had a setup where we'd be able to talk to him three times, beginning, middle, and end, right? So spaced out over about six months, each of them. And each of the interviews were between two and three hours long. If you look carefully, a lot of people have paid attention to that glass sitting next to him in the first interview. Um, but if you look, there's three different T-shirts, three different outfits, three different locations. They're all in Florida. None of them are his actual home. But they're just really great locations, you know, that feel like they are, you know, it's, it, that, that's where he lives most of the time. Um, and very early on with the apprehension of how's this going to go and is he really going to be up for this once we get into it, we saw that he was leaning in. He was, he was not only not evading questions, the harder the question or the more, let's just say, uh, juicy the topic, the more he seemed intent on responding with candor. Um, if you remember in the first episode, Jason throws this quote at him. The early bulls were described as the traveling cocaine circus. And, right. You know, you know, Michael back in his day was really good at deflecting. He'd smile and he'd, and, he'd, and he'd offer some, you know, comfortable phrases and platitudes and the reporters would go away happy, but then they'd shake their head and go, huh, what, what did he say? <laughs> oh, in this case, as you recall... He described the scene. He was described knocking on the door and going into that room and all the all the debauchery that was unfolding in front of him. So we realized, okay, let's roll up our sleeves and go for it. And so um, once we figured out nothing was off limits, it, you know, it, was, it was important for us to address the gambling issues, the conspiracy theories, the events surrounding his father's death, um, the, the the comment he made: Republicans buy shoes too, and. Um, and the activism or lack thereof um, that was part of his mindset while he was playing. Um, so each time uh, an interview was scheduled, we'd advance the ball. More things had been said for Michael to respond to. He was that much more comfortable. Um, you know, I think I think we established our credibility. He knew we were serious. He knew we were doing our homework. He knew we were doing an honest portrait. Um, and he was in, he really was an absolute pleasure to deal with. And certainly a lot more to look forward to with the remaining six episodes. I have time for one more question with you, Mike. Um, in terms of the ratings, when you break it down by market, Philadelphia, as far as episodes three and four are concerned, 
were in the top five. The other four were areas that Michael was closely associated with in Chicago and different cities in North Carolina. How how special is it for you that Philadelphia is really taking a liking to this? Well, I'm feeling great about that. I always look at Philly as a great b-ball town. You know, uh, it's it's great in uh, in his rookie year when he when he when he when he comes to the Bulls and he talks about his goal is to have the Bulls established, you know, alongside the great NBA teams like the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Sixers. Thank you very much, Michael. Now you remember this is 1984. So the Sixers had just had the faux five faux championship season with mm-hmm. Doctor and Malone and, and uh, uh, so forth. Um, so um, uh, I I'm not surprised. I'm heartened by it. Um, you know, I go back as far as the '67 Sixers when we finally knocked off the Celtics when when Wilt finally uh, survived against Bill Russell. And you know, of course, I was there that for Doctor J and. And Moses, and then again in '01 when we came so close with uh, with AI um, and, and got to the finals against the Lakers. So, way to show up, Philly. Hey, absolutely. Well, Michael, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. The Last Dance airs Sunday nights, ESPN and ESPN Two. Michael, continue success with this. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Mike Tolan, executive producer of The Last Dance. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mike Tolan about The Last Dance. Mike is a, is a proud Philadelphian, a big Philadelphia sports fan, remembers his roots. Before we started recording the interview, he even sang the KYW jingle for me unsolicited. So uh, Mike's a really good guy, and I appreciate the time he took out to chat about his, his really successful docuseries that he and his team are still working on, The Last Dance. It airs Sundays on ESPN and ESPN2. KYW News Radio 1060. That's it for this episode of KYW In Depth Coronavirus. If you want to listen to more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you just want to know how the news that you see on TV or hear on the radio will affect you personally, then subscribe to the KYW In Depth podcast. Just search for KYW In Depth on the radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 